All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. everybody welcome to another episode of dropping the gloves a friday exclusive with pat coletta some would say the most hated man in hockey for a good five years pat would you disagree <laughs> no i would say uh i definitely did uh did my job and you are right uh right up there with uh, that comment so i've uh besides buffalo rochester maybe some southern on- ontario anywhere outside of that is uh not so not so nice for me. I would say a good portion of the the continent of North America, maybe 99% of it, if they saw you, they would spit at you or take a swing. Do you I, like having that reputation? Is that fun? You know, it's not – now that I'm getting a little bit older, it's not so much fun. But uh, I think during uh, – when you play uh, and you have that reputation, it's almost good because that means you're doing your job, right? So – Yep. Um, it's almost funny too to still see some comments coming in asking about you know me turtling or doing things the way I did them. I'm still sort of aggravating people when I'm not even playing. So well, it is funny. We usually do. We throw out if we're going to interview somebody, we ask the Twitterverse. You know, any questions, any thoughts? Usually, we get two or three people be like, "Oh, ask me about this." Like hundreds of people chimed in because you're just so polarizing so it does say a lot about the impact you had on a game for a guy who you know was in and out of the lineup at the end of his career and this and that up and down like I was you you affected a lot of people (laughs) yeah I mean good and bad I guess right but like uh like you know sometimes you know when you get in you get the opportunity to play in the NHL um you know I I scored goals when I was younger Uh, you know I had more impact uh, that sort of way in the game but you have to find your way to get to the NHL, right? And yep. coming in, uh, our team, you know, my first year, uh, President's Trophy, that sort of stuff, like I'm not going to crack the top even nine, let alone, you know, uh, being on a fourth line. Um, so whatever you need to do to, to navigate to get to that point is what had to happen. And I am lucky enough I had the knack to, one, aggravate people, two, to sort of hit and pick and choose, you know, when I wanted to do it. And I did that effectively. So that was sort of the knack that got me into the NHL. And then once you're there, you have to continue to do so in order to stay there. 
Yeah. I, I always, gosh, I remember playing against you in the AHL with Rochester. I was with Houston. And did you, you were such a big hitter. I think I asked you to fight one game. Well, I was going to get to that. So we'll just jump in right now. So Patty, I, I was chasing you around all game because you were just a heat seeking missile out there. And I I had had enough. I was like, this, you know, I'm going to dummy this kid. And so I'm like, let's go, Coletta. I'm like, let's go. And you turned around like, yeah, yeah, let's go. Let's do it. And so I rip my gloves. I throw them across the ice and you just go, you dummy. And you turn around and skate it away. <laughs> <laughs> is that true, Pat? Oh, it's a hundred percent true. I'm not an idiot. Like, I, I mean, some people would say I am, but listen, like, uh, it works out good because I was drafted to Buffalo and Rochester, right? Those are my two teams growing up. Um, in the grand scheme of things, to fight a guy like John uh, with his one size, two's reputation of, of fighting and stuff like that, like I know exactly what I'm doing. I'm not – I would get my butt kicked. Um, but for, for me and my teams, I would do anything – whether it be something like that or block a shot with my face or whatever it is. So I almost went overboard a little bit with some of that stuff with, I played so hard for my Buffalo teams that I would do anything and still, you know, sort of would do anything for my teams, but hundred percent, I wasn't going to fight him. I, you know, how, how often did you find yourself in a situation where you're like, I really don't want to fight this guy. I know I'm going to lose, but it's what the boys need. So I'm going to do it. Yeah, a couple of times it did. And, uh, you know, you get into, we joke about the turtling stuff, right? But in my eyes, if I could take one of their players off the ice and put Van Nick, Pominville, Tim Conley, Breer, Drury, like one of those guys on the ice for a power play, I'm going to take my odds with that any day of the week. So there's been a couple of times. I mean, I fought Lucic. Uh, you know, I, I was swinging. You know, that's what I do. I try to hit them before they hit me, and that's the way I go about fighting. There's no secret. Um, I make sure it's on my terms. Um, but, yeah, I fought Lucic, and, he, you know, he definitely, you, if you watch the video, he definitely, you know, pummeled me a little bit. But I got up and got the fans going and, and stuff like that. So, uh, John, you can probably agree it's not always winning the fight. It's just showing up to to the fight and showing that, you know, you're not going to be a pushover or, or things like that. And that, that motivates your team. Not necessarily for me. I had to win every fight. If I lost, it was a huge upset. And people were like, Whoa, like, remember I got beat up by Justin Johnson last game of the year. I didn't even want to fight. And everyone was like, Oh my gosh, like this is insane. So I had a little more pressure to win, but I, I think people don't realize how tough you are, Patty, because I've seen you beat up guys like absolutely just start the lawnmower the left hand's going and it's just like after four or five punches it's over I don't think people realize how tough you are because you have this reputation as a guy who's like oh he's a turtler he's this and that well yeah you're gonna turtle if Colt Nord jumps you but if you fight a guy your size I'm taking you every time well thank you for that but yeah you're you're right like I think it's all a mindset right like um we can talk about another fight. I, I, I did really well versus Derek Dorsett versus Columbus, right? I just, I laid the hammer down. People don't realize, people don't realize that, you know, a few years, several years prior, uh, I got sent down at the end of the, the NHL career or NHL season to finish out in Rochester. I, I was banged up a little bit. So I played and he jumped me and he 
beat the crap out of me, right? So I'm like, this kid's jumping me. I believe he played for Syracuse, right? So I get my revenge opportunity, and that's, you know, you know, he's mouthing me in, in Rochester by beating me up. I get to the NHL, I get excited, and I, you know, I did what I did. And even the stuff after where, you know, I, I get a little excited with getting the fans going and stuff like that. But that was sort of built up for the past five years of finally getting my revenge. So the way you play, uh, I was always so just amazed by your hitting ability. Like, I would say in the NHL, there was only a handful of guys who I played against who I was nervous they were going to, you know, blow me up in the middle of the ice. Or if I had to go back in my corner when I was a defenseman, I was like, I'm, I'm slowing up to maybe, you know, go in together or I'll let you get the puck. Did you, how did you learn how to hit? Or was it just something ingrained in you? Uh, I think a lot of it is ingrained. Um, with my skating, uh, I think my skating is better than what people think it is. You're fast. Yeah. So it's long strides, um, you know, balance, that sort of stuff that definitely helps, but I think it's ingrained in, in, in your body. Like I have a knack to, to feel and read plays of where a guy's going to go and where, you know, he doesn't, um, get underneath guys, drive through guys. And, and part of it too, is having a, a sort of fearless mentality, which, you know, indirectly, also hurt me as well right so with you know the suspensions with blocking shots um that fearless component of my game was very very great like it, you can't teach that but it also played against me as well that's what i was just my next question was that because gosh you have to know going into a game if you're going to play the way you're going to play you're going to have guys like me chasing you around wanting to take your head off I'll never forget one of the first games we played was in Toronto and first shift, they had their, you know, murderers roll out there first shift of the game. You go and take a run at somebody right near our bench. You go flying into our bench. Out comes or out comes McLaren, out comes Frazier, out comes somebody other oh, meathead. And I'm just like, okay, like, what are we doing here? And you're just sitting there grinning. Like what goes through your head before the game? Like has that, ever changed the way you play because for most guys they don't show up you know what I mean and I've always been I've admired you for that you like you said you're fearless how how is that possible are you not afraid of getting like just your face crushed in no I I mean I was never never really scared at all um though it, it may seem me you know like I said turtling and you're scared and all that. I was never I was never scared whatsoever so um you know, to, to that specific play in, in time, I knew I had guys like you that would have my back, mm -hmm. um, which, you know, it, it works for both of us, but I know you have my back. You have a guy like Cody McCormick. He's got your back. You know, we're going, we, we have a role, we have a job. So we do that. And like I said, next thing you know, I'm getting punched by Colton Orr, which whatever, if he knocks me out, I, he knocks me out. I get back up a week later and I do the same exact thing. Or if he doesn't and he hits me and we draw a penalty, we're on the power play and, and our, our skill guys go out there and win us a game. So for me, that was more important than, you know, black eyes, scars, surgeries. I know I told you before I'm on surgery number 13 and they're still going to roll in. Um, you know, my face is scarred up. I got met like this whole side of my face is metal. Like uh, I, I just, I don't know. I'm, I just was never scared. Like I was always, about my team and whatever I could do to make them 
you know, successful and, and for us to win. So your, your first game in the NHL is, is one of the most kind of famous brawls ever. It's, it's got like a million views on YouTube. Kind of walk us through that. I mean, what, what was your expectation going into that? And when did you realize, okay, the boys are going to have fun tonight. This is the perfect game for me to kind of show what I can do. Yeah, so I'm not going to be lying to you. I had a huge dump in my pants. I was, I you know, <laughs> I wasn't scared, but I was nervous, right? Like I'm playing it from my hometown. I haven't played a preseason game. Um, you know, I get in, uh, I'm able to practice. And then, you know, uh, I'm essentially living at home in Angola. I slept on my mom and dad's couch, got up. Um you know, mom made me the pregame meal and went and played Ottawa. And then, you know, in Rochester at that time, like, uh, like Johnny was saying, I was, you know, I was hitting people and I was doing a really good job at that. So I knew that would sort of be involved and, and that would, you know, I expected to play maybe three, four minutes and just get a, a little taste of, you know, the NHL and just look at everything, what's going on. And then, Neil hits Drury, Stafford fights, and next thing you know, uh, myself, Petey, and Merzy are lined up against Heatley, I think Comrie, and Spezza. <laughs> All and, the heavyweights are out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, like, listen, so, like, even growing up, I watched Chris Drury, right? He played for the Avalanche, and now he's on the Sabres. Like, I'm loving it, right? You don't, t- you don't touch him. And for me – I'm like I said, I have a huge dump in my pants, so I could barely even move my legs, let alone <laughs> I got to go out there now. And, <laughs> you know, I'm no dummy. I know what's going to happen and what's got to happen. So that stuff happens. I actually lock up with Chris Phillips, who, at you know, he's a strong man anyway. Yeah. But at that particular time, he was the strongest man I've ever had to hang with in hockey. So he held me for the most part. And watching that and go on and the emotion and stuff like that, I mean, it's got to be one of the best first games to ever be a part of. I, I, I would, you know, I would say. So, did Lindy? Uh, did Lindy say something to you before? He's already said, "Get out there, Marzi, your line." I don't even remember, but I just felt the tap on my shoulder, and I, you know, you know when you know how, what you have. Oh to yeah, do. I knew exactly what was going to happen, um, and then you know you look over and Petey's fighting the goalie, and you know, <laughs> that kind of stuff. So, yeah. you know I sit in the box. You know, I think I got. I'm pretty, I got a 10 minute misconduct, which uh, was a, a nice start to my career. And so I'm sitting there, I'm like, wow, man, that was awesome. Like family, friends or whatever. I get out of the box. I get, uh, I get an assist on Clark MacArthur's goal. Um, so I hit the score sheet that way for first NHL point. We win the game in a shootout and I, you know, I'm like, wow. And then the next, the next game we play is versus Ottawa. It's a back-to-back. And uh, I got a whole like McGratton was coming in. So yeah. 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 So it's either me or a PD, uh, I'll buy you lunch later. Um, <laughs> I get, I get a hold of McGratton and get him. Like I, I smoke him. Right. He hits his ribs on the boards. He's, he's hurt. So to this day, PD, if you talk to PD, he'd be like, yeah, Patty got a hold of McGratton, which gave me a little confidence. He was hurting a little bit. And I think PD did good in the fight. So that settled everything. Cause I mean, the league, league weren't both teams, but, um, yeah, what a what a first couple of days in the NHL. <laughs> and then walk us through your first goal too. Like, what else do you remember from that game? Who'd you score on? Yeah, so I scored on Craig Anderson, which was funny because he was. Uh, we split uh, Rochester split with Florida in the AHL, mm-hmm. so he was my goalie for a little bit. 
So I essentially scored on him a uh, tip shot, which, you know, I blacked out. I, I did some celebration and jumped in the glass, like that sort of thing. But uh, that game was also uh, Zenik sliced his neck and he went by the bench and, and all that kind of stuff. So I have this sort of where some good things happen and then there's something crazy happens. So. so your first two games, you got a goal, an assist, a line brawl, you buried McGratton. You had well, the, someone almost die on the ice. Well, the goal—the goal wasn't my next game. It was—it was the following year. I only okay. I thought it was the very next game. I was like, "Oh, what an eventful was, two games!" Yeah, yeah if that way, if that was. I was, you know, lotteries coming my way. Where did you get that kind of like that passion and that that heat-seeking missile energy? Like, does that come naturally to you? Was there someone that you sort of modeled your game after that you knew that was your approach, or that's just who you were naturally? So. Naturally, I, I definitely had that, uh, you know, built in um, when I played sports, um, you know, lacrosse and that sort of thing. But my favorite player growing up was Mike Pekka. Um, and the way he played the game, uh, you know, at 185 pounds and the way he hit people and he could play power play, he could play penalty kill, he could fight, he could absolutely kill you if you have your head down. That's sort of what I wanted to be in in you know, my role model growing up. So I was always number 27, um, you know, after him growing up. And then I came into the Sabres training camp and, um, you know, I, I did the same thing I did. I, I didn't act like I had friends. I, you know, Lindy had to pull me in his office and say, Patty, quit hitting our guys. We can't have anyone. <laughs> <laughs> um, Cause I hit Van and I sliced his forehead open and then um, a few other different things. So um you know, it, that was always ingrained in me. I was going to make that team and nothing was going to stop me from playing for the Sabres. So that's your style of play. Do you think you were targeted for your suspensions? Because I, I personally think I was just because of the way I was and the type of player I was. You've been suspended numerous times. What, four, five, six times? A, do you think you were targeted by the league? And B, like how many of those suspensions do you think you deserved? So I did, I got suspended four times, uh, I believe two games, four games, five games, and 10 games. Um, you know, going through the process of some of them, I, I, you know, the, I think my first suspension was actually my worst one um, against the Flyers. A guy turned and I hit him and I deserved it. Um, the headbutting thing, you know, I honestly didn't even know I was doing it. So whatever, it is what it is. I, I deserve it. Some other ones you can also, you can argue, um, but being a part of those plays, um, I think the NHL was looking to go in a different direction um, and having players like me um, definitely went against the way they were looking to go. Um, so even my last suspension, I got sent down to Rochester. Um, it would have been exactly a month. So I'm assuming they wanted a month of punishment in the HL to really sort of embarrass me sort of thing. Mm -hmm. um, I was getting called back up on Monday and then I tore my ACL on Saturday. Oh, no kidding. I always think that you would be so much more effective in today's game. Like I, I just envision you in a game today and the impact you would have would be so much more. Do you ever just watch a game today and be like, I could – destroy every one of these guys because really if you think about it how many true hitters are there out there maybe two if yeah. that like do you ever watch the game and just like shake your head like i can't believe this is how the game is 
Yeah, a little bit. And like, you know, I still have, I'm still young enough to be like players that are playing that are older than me still. Yeah. I still have that, you know, burning desire to play and watch. I, I just know it's, it's not possible, but also with hitting like in my, like, I think some of the onus has to be on the player with the puck. Oh, without a doubt. Yeah. Now, whether the people that are in charge of that think that same thing, um, a lot of the stuff, you know, you get suspended because you hit somebody, right. But legit, you know, if, if you stop and you change the angle of where your head is at, or you're coming through the middle with your head down, or you put yourself in a position to get hit. Um, I think a little bit more onus has to be put on the player with the puck, but that's just the way it is. But I, I, you know, I agree with what you're saying. I watch and I'd be like, man, I would love just to go out there and cause some ruckus and, you know, obviously no fans, but get some energy going in the building. And, you know, maybe it changes the outlook of a game or, or even a season. I always, I knew the game was changing for the worse, in my opinion, when they started teaching defensemen to turn towards the hitter their back. When you go back and get the puck, and we're talking not right against the boards, like three, four, five feet against the boards. They're like, turn, or, turn around because they're not going to hit you from behind or else they'll get a penalty. It's just like, you got to be crazy teaching a defenseman to do that. A, someone's going to break the neck of somebody who does that. And B, it just, it's, it's not a hockey play. So you nailed it. It's like, if you have the puck, you have some sort of responsibility. I remember when I hit Louis Erickson in Buffalo, we were playing Boston. Tim hates this hit. Tim's a big Bruins fan. He's ripped me up and down about this. Louis dumps the puck in. And he just watches it. And he just like, he's a specter. He's like, man, what a nice, you know, NHL pro dump. And I'm like, I'm finishing my check, Louie. Yeah. And I bury him. And then next thing you know, I get seven games for suspension. It's just like, where is the onus on the, on the player with the puck? Yeah. And to your defense too, you have a job. That's just yeah. what you're supposed to do. And if you don't do it, then you don't have a job. So it's kind of, it works against you too. But then again, uh, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. You're a Bruins fan, but uh i'm sure you have some more questions for me then but sure do <laughs> in the grand scheme of nhl right uh you're looking at these high-end skill teams winning the, the the stanley cup and you either got to compete with that or find a way to beat that and the way to beat that essentially could be physicality right yeah so the nhl sort of goes in a circle right where you have the skill you have all of a sudden if a team wins with physicality all of a sudden other teams are going to want to role model after that right so i'm hoping like personally i think everyone on this uh, uh zoom here we agree that we like the physicality we like to see a fight every once in a while we like to see line a sticking up for his teammate we like to see like that sort of stuff that's passion that's excitement we're essentially entertainers we want to see that but I think it's going to take a little bit before it gets to that. Yeah, it's a copycat league. You nailed it. And and I think everyone wishes they had a team like Toronto. Like, I wish I could throw out a Matthews and a Marner and a Tavares and a Joe Thornton and a Willie Nylander. But you can't. So how how do you compete with them? You get a guy who could bury him through the boards and slow him down. Like, just there's not a lot of high school guys in the world, but there's – there's a lot of guys who can maybe, you know, put a shoulder into them, but we'll see where that goes because I think the way it is now, like you said, everyone's trying to be the skill team and to have the puck control and to really just flow in this and finesse. But 
I do think there will be a team that comes along like St. Louis a few years ago and just say, you know what? We're going to throw it in the corner and we're going to destroy you. Yeah. And once that happens, everyone's going to be like, well, maybe we need a couple more Pat Colettas in the league. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's only so many, what, McDavid's uh, that are going to rip the NHL here. Like, and if you're, you know, they also, like obviously have some things they need to work on, but in order to slow that guy down, you got to figure out a way or else you're not going to win. <laughs> exactly. All right, everybody, listen up. Your company's salary cap is probably tighter than it's ever been, and you can't afford to miss on a new hire. Every person you add needs to fit just right, just like Tim does on the podcast. He fits perfect. That's where Indeed helps you hire great people faster. Indeed.com is the hiring site that helps you find quality candidates instantly with Indeed Instant Match. So you can do the part you really need faster, meeting and hiring great people. Unlike some hiring sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility, delivering a quality short list faster. Now, you want your quality shortlist fast? You need Indeed right now. Listen up. Our listeners get a free $75 credit to upgrade your post at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is Indeed's best offer anywhere. Get a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Offer is valid through March 31st. Terms and conditions apply. Tim, you want to stick up for Boston here? Yeah, well, I can see you're just drooling. <laughs> I just want to hear some stories. I mean, like I was watching the Bruins kind of when you were at your most effective and you were you were a pest, you were a fighter, you're getting in guys' grills and everything. And I mean, not going to lie, it was it's like people hated you. Like, man, this guy in the Buffalo Sabres is like such a hard player to, to, to root against, a uh, fun player to root against, I mean. So I guess maybe just to kind of what do you remember most about your, your battles with the Bruins? Maybe any stories of, of uh, the fights or kind of what was said on the ice and stuff? Yeah, I mean – uh, you, you chirp left and right out there anyways, right? Like you, you're into it and that's just part of hockey. A lot of the times you fight people and then, you know, your friends off the ice or you hate them at the minute that at that minute and, and point in time, but the, you know, they're good guys. So for me, you know, especially after, uh, you know, meathead hit Millsy, um, that started, that started, you know, sparking some stuff. And obviously, you know, it, Buffalo fans, we could have addressed it a little bit better. Um, I would have been suspended probably way earlier in my career and took probably a couple extra years out, uh, you know, off my career. But, um, you know, Chara, playing against Chara, right? So I knocked him on his butt one time. Um, my my 15, 15 uh, U boys, uh, junior sabers, you know, love it. They bring it up every once in a while. Like, Coach Pat, oh, man, how was this? I'm like, yeah, you know, I got, you know, I got underneath them. I got lucky. The guy's a monster. But the playoff series, I, you know, I was playing with a a cast on my hand. um, And Chara had a a cage, and we were going toe-to-toe that whole series. Uh, And then being in Boston after, uh, um, you know, the bombing, and coming together and playing that game um, was was something you know uh, you know I don't want to say special but it meant something to come together and show people and try to get some you know um, normal things happening after you know that sort of stuff happened. So for me, every single game in Boston, obviously you get a little bit more jacked up. You, you know, you had Lucic, you had Marshawn, you had Campbell, you had um, McQuaid. 
right? I saw, you know, someone said, hey, Pat, how'd it feel the, the turtle against McQuaid? Ha, 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 ha. <laughs> <laughs> it felt great. Like, I didn't, whatever, it wasn't me, I was on the power play. Like, what, you know, it felt great. Like, I loved it. I love it. I, you know, I, I it's just something like those rivalries are you just, you know, live and die and you love it. Yeah, you mentioned the playoffs. It's funny, people don't think of you as an effective player. You scored game winners in the playoffs. You, you've, you're, you're really effective with Gostad and Gerby. What was it like? Because when you came into Buffalo, you guys had a, an unbelievable team. Yeah. Like the, the expectation there was the Stanley Cup. What was it like being on those teams and seeing, like you said, a Briere, a Drury, having Ryan Miller back there, having those great defensive decors you had? What was it like on those playoff runs, knowing that you're going to play? You were on the ice at the end of the game on a one-goal game the other team pulls the goalie, like you were a big part of that team. Was that kind of cool to be in that environment? Yeah. So for me, my career, I've been on the best team in the league and the worst team in the league, right? Uh, yeah. Regular season. But um, being able to watch uh, the jury, the Breer, uh, Brian Campbell, Tim Conley, Pominville, Gostet, like Millsy, like all those guys playing together uh, on a team I grew up watching. I played seven games that year and then was uh, uh, whatever they call them, black ace or whatever you want to call them for playoffs. So I practiced in case he needed somebody. So I watched it and I lived and, and died by the Sabres, right? So I'm a legit a player, but I'm a fan watching. Going from that to, you know, playing in the playoffs, being sort of uh, an important part of it is, is something like pretty cool, right? So playoffs – sort of I think part of the reason I succeeded is because my game didn't change I played the same exact way um you know I had um you know decent amount of points for the amount of playoff games I played um you know Philly you know I scored the game winner I had a couple assists then I broke I rebroke my hand again and they wouldn't let me play um Boston series uh you know I tore my thumb in a fight versus Ottawa um, they casted it up and, uh, you know, I, I played during there. So, you know, I love, I love the experience I had in the playoffs. Obviously I wish we would have caught there more. And I think, you know, people might've even saw my value a little bit more, but um, obviously that's, you know, that's, it's all over with now. And um, you know, my job specifically now is to influence the youth um, and with the junior Sabres and, and, you know, being an ambassador for the Buffalo Sabres sort of thing. So I think it's funny that <laughs> if you would have told people five years ago that you were going to be molding the youth of any city, they would have like called you crazy. Cause <laughs> the idea of Pat Coletta teaching kids how to play hockey is funny. Yeah. Yeah. I, I totally agree. That's why it works in Buffalo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If I'm out in, uh, in Boston or whatever, teaching kids, you know, I might see uh, a couple of skaters fly at me when they you know, get arrested. Yeah. So, you know, I do, uh, I run the Buffalo Sabres, uh, learn to play program, youth hockey ambassador for the Buffalo Sabres. Um, the president of the Buffalo junior Sabres now. Um, so, you know, teaching kids, you know, it's more about character, um, putting them in a position to succeed. You know, I've had, you know, a lot of injuries, you know, pretty, you know, surgeries, um I've been through the ups and downs I've been you, you know part of the mental side of things and I've also experienced uh some good things like getting drafted and all that sort of stuff so what I do is uh, you know being from Buffalo being the player I was in Buffalo um I really try to influence uh and mold these 
these young boys and girls so that, you know, when they're of age and they get to high school or they can get to an NHL draft or um, they get to, you know, college and want to be a doctor, certain things you learn in hockey can help you succeed in life. So I try to do that um, to the best of my ability, you know, and then on top of that, you know, I, I've, I've had my foundation here for, you know, you know 10 plus years. Um, so uh, I'm a big community guy in, in, in influencing and helping out people that, uh, that, that need it. How closely are you following like the Sabres the last couple of years? I know they've taken a lot of heat from fans from maybe not putting a, a better team around Eichel and wasting some of that potential and stuff. Like how close are you following that? Maybe, what do they need to do to take an, you know, the next step to, in, the, in the playoffs? So I would say the, the last couple of years, um, I've watched more than I did right in the beginning. So right in the beginning, it was hard for me to watch. Um, just because I'm passionate and, um, you know, it, it's a little bit rough and John, you can probably describe and relate that when you're watching and you, you're not a part of it anymore. Um, it, it hurts. It hurts to watch. Like you, you feel lost a little bit. You got to find your way. Um, cause you essentially you're with the team, you're with a family for your whole life. And then all of a sudden it stops. And you got to find out what your purpose is and uh, different ways to uh, control your emotions and your energy. And so the first couple of years is really hard for me, right? Because I'm a 29, 30-year-old uh, alumni, right? I might be the youngest Buffalo Sabres alumni in history. Like, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like it's really, it was really hard for me. So I didn't watch, I watched a little bit, but I, I, I wouldn't watch past couple of years now that uh, I'm getting better with certain things. I can learn from the game by watching the game. So I could teach younger kids. Um, the Sabres we have, you know, this year in particular, you know, with, with signing of hall, um, I played at Eric Stahl in Peterborough. So I know what he brings. Um, Eichel, uh, Olison, uh, Darlene, they're, they're, they're definitely a young core that is very highly skilled. It's just a matter of putting it together and finding different weight. Like I need to see personally, I would like to see someone step up and like line a stick up for your teammate and say, Oh man, this, you know, you know, if Jack does it, which he has done it in the past, you know, one or two times, but if Hall grabs somebody and just, you know, throws a punch and drops to the ice, Holy cow. Like, our team is coming together here. We're gelling. We, you know, that goes a long way. People don't think it does, but it does. Um, and having these new parts right now, I think something along those lines would, would help this team tremendously. Um, but, you know, starting off and playing and then being in quarantine for 14 days and then having to pick up again, also, you know, you don't want to use it as a crutch or an excuse, but it, it definitely dampers what you got going on there yeah i i have one more question then i'll throw it back to john uh, we got a lot of tweets about your lego collection i was doing some snooping online you tell us what where did this start and, and like what's next for your big setup there in the house yeah so i uh <laughs> look at how excited he gets <laughs> yeah i'm excited this is good stuff this is this is good stuff here uh, so i broke my hand right i blocked a shot shattered my hand uh since they put a metal plate in there um screwed it all back together, but I broke my hand and I'm sitting around the house. I'm like, listen, you know, what's going on here. And, and I've read before, you know, 
David Beckham uh, brought the Taj Mahal and did it, uh, you know, during one of the things. I'm like, listen, if David Beckham can do it, Pat Coletta can do it. So I went to the store. Well, because you guys are on the same level. I I haven't got my hair cut in a while here, but, you know, (laughs) similar, similar. You know, uh, so I went to the store and I did it. And, uh, you know, it was good, actually, therapy for my hand. And, you know, I did it and I, you know, you're doing something and you feel like sort of like a, I don't even know, like, not excitement, but, like, you completed it. Like, wow, okay, I did this. Instant gratification, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I, you know, I started looking into it. I'm like, okay. So, I started buying the bigger pieces and, uh, you know, the more and more interested I got. Then again, I broke my hand three separate times. So, I had plenty of times to do Legos. And it turned into uh, a room in my basement. Uh, um, Yeah, I just uh, had it redone. Um, I got the, I, I still need to have the floor put in, but I had, um, you know, a bunch of these Legos. I just finished up the Coliseum, uh, which is, you know, the biggest piece they've, they've ever came out with. But, um, the funny part is, so me not knowing at the time, but being a dummy and doing these Legos, um, what it did is related me to, to, to the youth, to the kids that didn't they weren't able to watch me play hockey. Right. So they knew I played for the junior or about for the Buffalo Sabres, but they, they know me as coach Pat, like you, are you the Lego guy? And I'm like, yeah, you know, I, I do Lego. So it relates me to, to the kids. Like even, you know, my son just started hockey and some of those kids know that I do Legos. Right. So it, it, it relates me to that group um, of kids of youth to sort of inspire what I want to do and send that sort of message that I've been preaching here for, for the past little while. And, and on top of it too, um, you know, I'm also on the board for, um, I, I do a lot of hospital visits. Um, I go to Roswell, I go to, um, you know, whatever hospital, you know, needs me, ECMs, like whatever we need to do, I, I'm there. Um, and I met a little kid that, uh, uh, Sebastian who knew me as a Lego guy. So I went to go meet him. I did a visit with him and he was like, uh, I want to give Legos to every kid in the hospital that are sitting here. So he started a foundation, um, started this huge Lego thing in the area, um, which I sit on the board for now. Um, and he since has passed away. So we carry on his legacy just by me doing Legos for breaking my hand from being an idiot, blocking shots and fighting and stuff like that turns into something where we can inspire someone to want to do Legos and give Legos to other kids in hospitals. I mean, it's, it's, it's amazing, right? But, you know, people look at it and be like, you know, Coletta's doing Legos is essentially the Hansons bringing their toys. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> that's what, it, that's what it is, but it's, it, it worked actually uh, in, in, in extraordinary sort of way well in all seriousness though it's it's what are you doing with your free time okay better to be doing legos in your basement not hurting anybody than out at the the bar until 2 a.m just being a meathead just getting into trouble it, it, i know people make fun of you it's like oh you're doing a kid's thing it's like it's it's not, it could be a lot worse you yeah. know what i mean it's a very harmless thing have you ever sat down and put a price tag on everything uh, or is no. that just too painful to think of? Yeah, it's probably too painful to think of. I mean, I definitely spent more in suspensions, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, for me, it's 
I enjoy doing it. It's cool. Um, but everyone knows who, you know, you have kids or even you're adults and you're doing Legos, you know, you know, that they're, they're an expensive hobby. They're very expensive. I got, okay. One more question, Pat, and then I'll let you go. I, I was not certain you were going to accept my, accept the invitation for an interview because we played fantasy football I even, together. I don't even want to get started on this. We, we've done good the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> and we, so it was it two years ago. Do you want to tell the story? Yeah. You scummed me in a trade. <laughs> what you does that mean? You know, when, you know, in the Santa Claus, when Santa falls off the roof and Tim Allen's reading the card and says the Santa Claus, but then later in the movie, they bring it up to the magnifying glass and they see all that little fine print around the card. It says, like, listen, you're going to be Santa now. You put yeah. on the suit. I remember. He, he scummed me into a trade because of that. So he read this fine print. So it was, a, it was essentially a fair trade, right? Because you can keep a person for the next year. It's a keeper league. You get to keep them for two years if you have that player. Yeah. So if you trade them, apparently this fine print says you can't keep them. So I'm giving John this, you know, uh, an incredible like load of players. I'm getting Camara and someone else. After the trade, he goes, uh, "Oh, by the way, you you know you can't keep him, right?" I'm like, "What are you doing? <laughs> that's, that's why I traded this. That's why I traded you for to get Camara." So then I'm like, you know, <laughs> the fire is still in me. <laughs> I'm like, all right, I'm dropping all my guys until I make a point that this trade should be voided, <laughs> etc. So then it never did. And then I'm like, listen, all right, whatever. So I'm on your side, man. This is, that's, that yeah. is just like, snaky. This How is am weird. I supposed to know that it's not my job to tell you that you can't keep them before the trade. You got to do your due diligence. It's not my fault. You're in a friendly league with some buddies, John, you just take advantage of them like that. It's a high cash league. We put in like 150 bucks. I was in the mix for the championship. I won it that year too. It was it was great. Yeah, I'm I sure you why. did. I wonder why you took half my team. You traded me Camara. I think you gave me a like an unbelievable wide receiver and a pretty good running back for Camara. I was like, this is going to be great. And then you didn't play this year because you were so upset. I, I'm still upset. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go hit the punching bag here in the next little while. Like you brought it up and started firing me up, but do you know who won it this year? No. Back to back champions. You're looking at them. Who'd you scum? scum? Nobody. Yeah. By the end of it, you're going to have four players in the league because you're scumming everybody. (laughs) (laughs) You got to get back in the league next year. Well, maybe this is what we needed to rekindle what we got going on. And I'll come in and, I was nervous to send you a text to be on the show. I was like, is he still <laughs> upset about the trade? Oh, I wouldn't say upset, but it still burns at me. You know you're upset after the trade. You drop every single player on your team. <laughs> you never I, respond I had, to anybody. I had enough. I had enough. That was, that was, yeah, it was an emotional time in my career, my fantasy uh, football career. That was so funny. Well, I'm looking forward to getting you back in the league next year. All right, Patty. This was great, my friend. I really appreciate it. You were awesome. Well, thanks for having me. And like I said, I'm sure, uh, you know, Tim, once you go back to the drawing board and have some more questions for me, you know, feel free to reach out. I'd, I'd love to, <laughs> to answer some more questions. Yeah, we don't, we don't even need to invite John or anything. Do our own thing. That's Tim's MO. He just ices me out always. 
But anyways, I appreciate it, Pat Collette, everybody. Yeah, got any got anything to plug, Pat? Anything? No, like I said, uh, I'm here in Buffalo, uh, Junior. Your State. foundation? Yep, Hits Foundation, um, helping out uh, whoever needs help, sort of in the community, and and helping out whenever I can. And, and uh, you know, glad to see you, and and hopefully uh, I can beat you in fantasy football next year. Yes, you got to have dreams. It's all. It's important to have something to shoot for. Rock <laughs> down, baby. That's all, <laughs> all right, everybody. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed the show. We'll see you next week. Cheers. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening. Make sure you're following the show on Twitter at dropping underscore gloves for episode highlights, behind the scenes content, sneak peeks, and giveaways. Check out johnscottallstar.com slash shop for merchandise, including T-shirts, hats, hoodies, and so much more. And please, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts. It's so important to helping us grow so we can keep delivering the hockey content and interviews with the players you love. Thanks, and see you next time.